0: Welcome to the Single and Strong Podcast. Ladies, if you've been busy creating a life and suddenly found yourself single, or you've been single for a while and you often let yourself feel overwhelmed from living life on your own, you're definitely in the right place. As a single woman, you're dealing with a lot. You have bills to pay, a job that demands a lot of your time, kids to care for, and perhaps you're dealing with a toxic ex you try to co-parent with. But somehow, you're also supposed to look put together find time for self-care, and let's not forget, add dating into the mix. No wonder you're feeling overwhelmed. My name is Lori Linford, and my mission is to help you lean in and hit your stride as a single woman in a strong and intentional way. I want to teach you how to once and for all, stop looking over your shoulder at your past, and instead, look ahead at the beautiful, abundant life you have, even if it's a life you didn't plan for. Each week, I'll share stories, tools, tips, and more so you can learn how to enjoy and fully embrace your single status, create that new blueprint for your life ahead, and have more gratitude for this phase of your life. Thanks for joining me. Now, let's do this. Hey, everybody, it's Lori here. It's so great to have you. Welcome to the Single and Strong podcast. I'm so excited to have my friend Casey Laird here to share her story about overcoming divorce, being a single mom and moving through the rhythm of all that that takes to become a single and strong woman. She's doing some great things in the community and she's got a podcast that will be upcoming. I'll share that in the show notes or it will be coming soon. So everybody, welcome Casey. Casey, so great to have you. Hi, thank you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, First of all, I would just like to know where you came from. Where did you come from? You know, tell me where you grew up, what's your personality, what was your personality like? So we can get a feel for who you were before your world was rocked.
1: Yes. Um, So I am from Northern Virginia, about 45 minutes outside of DC, born and raised there when I was 20. I left and drove across country and moved to California. Um, My parents divorced when I was really young. So my dad was always on the West coast or always somewhere else. And I was always in Virginia. Yeah. Um, So he was out there, but I was like, okay, time to do something different. You know, I dropped out of college when I was a sophomore and was over it. So I was like, I want something new. Moved out there. And that's where I met my future ex-husband. Yeah. Um, and you know, we lived all over the place from San Diego, LA, Miami, Austin, Switzerland, Austin again. And then I wound up out in Charlotte, which is where I am now.
0: Right. So how old were you when you met him? 21, just turned 21 a month before. And you were what age when you came back again to Austin?
1: So I moved to Austin the first time I was like 27 and then we moved to Switzerland for a year and then back to Austin, probably like 29 or 30.
0: Wow. So in Mm -hmm. eight years you did all that moving.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then I moved out to Charlotte when I was pregnant with my daughter. So
0: 2019, so I was like 33. Gotcha. So, um, so when you met him, Tell me what attracted you to him. Tell me what you fell in love with and what made it so awesome.
1: Really um he's very smart. That's the the thing. I wasn't really attracted physically, which is weird for me because that's always kind of what it had been for me in the sure. past. Sure. Um also I was 21, so I was like, didn't really know what I wanted to be honest, you know, and he seemed successful. I grew up very, very poor and always told myself like, I'm going to have better than this. Like, I'm never going to live like this when I have a choice of how I'm going to live. You know, he's much older than me. So I think that all of that kind of blinded me. Sure. and made me feel this sense of security that like, I had never really felt
0: before in my life. So yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Def- so how much older was he than you? 11 years. 11 so years. So like
1: nothing insane, but no, definitely. But he, you more. know,
0: you're young 21 and he looks like he's already, and he's got his life set, right? Yeah. And, well, he
1: was 32 divorced and already had two kids.
0: Gotcha. So, gotcha.
1: Way more experience like than I had had, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you started dating, you were moving around and you come back to Austin and you're, you know, in your late twenties. And then had you guys been trying to have a baby? Because I know that you guys had a baby and I want to talk about that story a little bit. Had you, had you been trying?
1: Yeah. So we started trying actually probably when I was like 30, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we had never done anything to prevent it before. Sure. He had had a vasectomy after his second son, when he was really young, he got his first wife pregnant twice. And then had a vasectomy actually, when he was like 20 years old.
0: Oh, wow. Is really that is young. Yeah. That is crazy. young
1: Yeah. Um, but then got it reversed after we got married and we were like, okay, it'll just happen. Cause I was still young Sure. and it never did. And so when I turned 30, I was like, okay, you know, this doesn't, let's just go like get checked out and make sure everything's fine. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, cause like I said, we got it reversed, his vasectomy reversed after we got married and it had been like three years and nothing had happened. So we went and we were just expecting the doctors to be like, yeah, it's just cause of that, you know, we'll have to do something with the sperm or give sure. them whatever, you yeah. know? And yeah. it turned out, so they said like, there were all these things wrong with me. Like I had a super low ovarian reserve, my FSH, which is your follicle stimulating hormone was super low. And, you know, I, we like need to try IVF immediately. And I had a 1% chance of even getting pregnant with IVF.
0: Wow. Um,
1: yeah. The doctor was telling me like about donor eggs. That's devastating. It was completely devastating. Yeah. Like I was shocked. Also, this doctor was like the top fertility doctor in Austin and he was old and so not enthusiastic. I felt like, like yeah. I, I ended up switching doctors after. So I did IVF. It completely failed. I didn't even get any hormones to, or any eggs to be able to do the egg retrieval. Sure. So right, I did all the shots and nothing was happening.
0: Oh, how often and do you do those shots
1: every day? Every day, like four times a day. Oh, wow. Um, and this doctor, I went right to, I went to one of these checkups by myself and, there was like one growing, there should be like 10 to 20 growing, especially as a 30 year old. I wasn't, you know, like a 50 year old woman. I was 30. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, well, don't worry. This doesn't make you any less of a woman. The doctor said that to me. And in my head, this I is was still like,
0: the old doctor, the old yeah. school. Yeah. No bedside I- manner. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like completely devastated. And I was like, I can't go through this again. So I was like, let's just do IUIs. So IUIs, I don't know if, you know, people I know actually about don't, that. what is that? Okay. So IVF is where you take the shots and then they act, you go have a surgery and they will take your eggs out of you. And then they put the sperm into the egg and make an embryo. Got it. Then they got to test all those embryos, right? Because
0: yeah, you don't want them chromosomally, you know, messed right. up. Right. Right. Right.
1: And some people do a fresh embryo transfer. So, like, they'll immediately put them inside. But we did frozen because we were told that gives you a better chance. And plus, I wanted a big family. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, do IVF more so you get more. And then you can just implant, implant, implant whenever you want. Got it. So, anyways, though, the first time was absolutely terrible. And I didn't even get a single one. Yeah. So, you're feeling broken. I felt completely broken and like, it was impossible. And I was like, okay, but I still want to try something. So let's do IUI. So that's where you just take um, like Clomid or something. It's just like a pill. It's still hormones. You still feel like a crazy person, but it's not anything like the shots. And then you track when you're ovulating. And when you're ovulating, you and your partner go to the office, your partner goes into a room, does their business. The doctor gets it. And you know, his had to be cleaned because of antibodies that were fighting against it or some shit. We had, I know, like isn't dogs. that nuts? Like it's crazy. There's like everything stacked against us. I know. And they clean it and then they insert it into you, basically. Got it. Um, I did that for eight months. I did that eight times in a row, and it never
0: worked. One time a month for eight months.
1: Yeah. So like I took the hormones, the cloma did that. We'd go, we'd insert and the sperm yeah. and it, nothing ever happened. So then I went on a yoga retreat with my dear friend, Mel. I want to give her a shout out because she actually has a podcast. It's called green juice and tequila. And she's amazing.
0: Wow. That and, sounds like my, kind
1: of podcast. yeah, she's awesome. She, and she does amazing yoga oh, retreats. I've been on awesome. several of them, but I was just like, I need to take a break. And from all this stuff, yeah, I was with the same doctor, and I was just praying a lot. And I just was like, you know what? I need to switch doctors. Like, I don't like him. He doesn't make me feel like this is even possible.
0: Yeah, he makes you feel broken. I bet.
1: Yeah, he did. And you know, to my ex husband's credit, he he's always a researcher, so he did a lot of research on IVF and stuff that helps. I started taking royal jelly, which. You know, people can read about it if they want to. It really helped. Yeah. And um, human growth hormone. I was like, okay, I want to try this. It's just something that he had read about. And we switched doctors to a doctor who I love. Yeah. And right away, I kind of told him the things that I wanted to do. And he was on board and he was like, let's do it. And he was like, he was like, you only had two follicles. He's like, I've gotten ladies twins off of that. Like he was just so enthusiastic, Oh, and which so, gives you a
0: sense of hope. And so your body chills a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, he gets me,
1: Like he knows that I need someone on my side. Yeah. You know? So I did it once with all the stuff that we'd researched and I got 11 follicles, which was huge. Right. Yeah. yeah you go through the process. It's like a week long where they're testing these things and some survive and some don't blah, 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 blah. Okay. By the end of it, we had had one successful one and that's Isla. That's my daughter.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: After know, how I, many months,
0: nine months, a year? Um, This had probably been
1: like a year. Dang. And then since I finally had hope, I did IVF again because I wanted a big family. Right. I didn't know that this affair and all this crap was going to happen. Yeah. So I did it again. I got one, you know, out of the whole thing. I did it again. I got two. I did it again. And these are like, this like $30,000 each. Chinese yeah. And we're freezer. talking
0: embryos. So as you're listening, she's not having yeah. baby after baby after baby. Correct. You're, yeah. So you're embryos. Y- y- yes. Isla's embryo banked into the freezer and then yeah. the others. Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: And so total, I had six healthy, normal embryos out, which is in—it's like such a low number for how many times I did IVF. Yeah. Um, and I was planning on having all of them, and I was having them in the order that when they were taken. I love that. Um, that's why Isla, you know, is here, but. Then my doctor was just scanning my uterus. Cause I was like, finally, we're going to implant. Like, I'm so excited, right? You're a- ready.
0: You got everything lined up. You're ready to go.
1: So ready. So excited. I had a huge septum in my uterus. Mm. So I don't know if anyone knows about that. If you're, if you have infertility, get your uterus scanned because it's not super uncommon. And my uterus was like shaped like a heart and it's supposed to be shaped like an upside down triangle. So what that means is no embryos could attach because the septum was like blocking them. So it's like, who knows if I even needed to go through IVF, I could have. So I ended up having to get a major surgery on my uterus before I implanted. So it pushed me back
0: again. So the other doctor didn't do any of that scan?
1: No. Wow. And neither did mine. Mine didn't do this until we were ready to
0: implant. I feel like they should do that before you go through IVF. Yeah. Because your eggs can then, you know, yeah. Yeah. I have a chance right. to attach. Yeah. And
1: I feel like so many women don't know this. I didn't know this. Mm,
0: I would have known that,
1: you know? And so any of my friends who were like, I can't get pregnant, I can't get pregnant. I'm like, please just go get a scan of your uterus first. Like yeah. you just, because not- it did, it was a surgery. Right. And then we implanted Isla successful pregnancy, no issues. Um, you know, and then a
0: year after Isla was born, I got pregnant naturally.
1: So Yeah. Sorry, that was a lot. I don't even remember what your question
0: was. No, 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 no. I just wanted to kind of get to know your story and who you were, right? Because it kind of leads up to, as you guys probably caught Casey saying, the affair, right? So, you know, after how long had you been together and then you're pregnant with Isla? So we met
1: when I was 21. I got pregnant with Isla when I was 33.
0: Okay. So you'd been together 12 years, mm-hmm. married for five? Five. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then your world gets rocked.
1: Yes. So tell me about
0: that, because if there's, I mean, really, you know, the whole purpose when I heard your story is, you know, sometimes those of us that end up single, we choose it, you know, we choose never to get married. We choose the divorce we choose, you know, but, but when you're slapped with an affair out of the blue, like, tell us how you found out, tell us how all that felt, how that went down.
1: Yeah. So I basically, I had been having suspicions during my pregnancy, um, all to just be told I was crazy because I was pregnant and I, you know, was really insecure because I was pregnant. I'm not an insecure person. I never have been. Um, but I was just like, Oh yeah, he's right. You know, I've never been pregnant before. Maybe I know. Right.
0: Hormones whack you out.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am crazy, you know. Yeah, and I'd yeah. been on crazy hormones for years doing <laughs> IVF. You know, I'm like, maybe this crap never left my body. Like, that's true. <laughs> who knows?
0: It's <laughs> true.
1: You know, and who who in the hell would ever cheat on their pregnant wife who just killed herself for years to get pregnant?
0: Like, nobody. Right. In
1: the right, and mind you're investing. Would do
0: that. You just paid yeah. for forty college educations to get this baby. So. Right,
1: and all <laughs> the other ones. Right, like, yeah, we had five more to have. Yeah and, uh, and I had moved, I decided to move to North Carolina. So we were living in Texas at the time. Um, you know, he had a business and so understood that I wanted to be closer to my family and friends once I had the baby, you know, but it was like under the pretense of like, yes, you can move there and I'll visit all the time, but like, I have to be in Austin for the company until yeah. I get fully set up yeah. really it's because the girlfriend was out there.
0: Right. But, but at this point you're, I want to point out to everybody, her marriage is still intact. Yeah, They're still working towards the goal, yeah. but, I but, I support, but I don't know because yeah. of support, but I don't know about it because yeah. of support and everything. You're like, Hey, this is the plan. Let's be home. And he's like, let me wrap up this stuff. I'll come out every other weekend and we'll be together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And
1: I'll eventually be out there full time as soon as all this stuff is taken care of. Okay. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, am I crazy? Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm seven months pregnant and I'm going to move halfway across the country. Like, am I crazy? But also it's like, I felt pulled to do it. Like there was something in me that was like, you have to do this.
0: And I want to stop on that just for a sec. Sorry to interrupt, No, But, but that's huge because everybody who's out there Sometimes you're in a situation and you down talk yourself, you're being paranoid, you're this, you're that, and your intuition is rocking your world and saying, hello, I'm doing it. That was huge for you to listen to it because he set it set you up for a more successful split, I think. So I applaud you for listening yeah. to that.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, it was weird. I would talk to my, my family and, you know, I would tell my dad like these weird things that was happening with my ex, but also being like, but I know he would never cheat on me. Like I 100% believe him. Yeah. And everyone was like, I know he never would. Like he's not that kind of person. Wow. And, and I was like, but am I like, isn't it weird that I'm seven months pregnant and I'm like leaving my husband and moving into, to a house by myself pretty much, you know, like what if I go into labor?
0: Were you (laughs) You feeling selfish? Were you feeling a little selfish? Like I'm doing this for myself or like, were you talking yourself out of it? Or were you really like, I was told to do this. I'm embracing it.
1: Yeah. I think there was a part of me that was like, I don't know if this is good for my marriage. Like this might be bad for my marriage, but I don't think that that was like my number one priority. I think my baby was the number one priority. And I sure. feel like because things had gotten weird and bad. And so it was like I knew something was up. I just didn't know what it was. Right. And, and, you, was and that makes me- sense,
0: right? Your mama, your mama bear kicked in and you're like, I gotta take care of the baby and be by some family where I feel loved and secure.
1: Yeah. And yeah. like who were gonna be there for me. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If things had gotten weird, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I moved out here, and he was visiting, um, but also had no problem just like leaving me here by myself to go back to his girlfriend. You know, I'm like eight months pregnant, going up and down the stairs every day, and
0: just and still no clue. You go you're like, two you're days
1: without at- checking on me. Two days?
0: Hmm. Oh,
1: yeah my mom would call him and like ream him out and be like, do you just not care? Like, you can't do that. You can't just go that long without checking on her.
0: Yeah. Like and she I think support. I had gotten
1: used to it. It was always the, the work was the excuse, right? Like I said, it's his company and he just, she's always been a workaholic and that was the, and it got to the point where I just believed him. I was like, because- he's working, you know? So then he was, it was, early early September he was moving out here basically switching right because he had been spending more time in Austin but I had Isla she's a little adorable perfect baby that's and I awesome. was like okay I can't do this by myself like anymore and he, I remember he'd always be like yeah Casey must be so hard with one baby like that's what he oh. would say to me. my friends would be like ew like who talks like that like it's your first baby
0: and it it's their hard. wife who literally just morphed her whole body into hormone city to have this child
1: yeah Mm. and i'm like okay whatever and so he i was like i'm just not doing this anymore like you're either gonna be out here more or there's no point like yeah this is stupid you know
0: and really all he was was probably a paycheck and that's it because he's not calling and checking on you or coming to see her
1: yeah Mm. and yeah like at that point i think he was probably coming back like two times a month for like a week And he'd be like, I'm here for a whole week. And I'm like supposed to be like all praising. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you for giving me seven whole days. (laughs) Right. And your newborn baby. Right. Yeah. And I have more hormones, but you know, but I'm supposed to applaud you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're awesome. You're really crushing it in this (laughs) marriage life.
0: Totally crushing.
1: God. And so then it was like he's going to switch it. Right. He's going to be out here more of the time and less time in Austin because the company's getting better. So I just, it was like the day after he got here, I picked up his phone to text his older son who had come out with him to meet Isla. Um, the older son hadn't met her yet. And I was like texting them to get us subs for lunch mm-hmm. and I didn't have my phone. So I was like, Chris, give me your phone so I can text him what subs to get. And I just, this name, I'm not going to say her name, but had sure. come up a few times throughout the year and things that were weird. He always like talked his way out of it. Um, but I just like scrolled and her name was there on a text and the text from him to her. It was like the last one I clicked on it and it said, it said, where did you go? Come back so I can kiss the tears off your cheek. Like I'll never forget that text. It's like burned into my
0: brain. Did he ever speak to you like that? In the beginning, yeah,
1: we but, had been fighting a lot though.
0: But here you are, pregnant, mm-hmm. and you're not. He getting didn't hold my like hand
1: that. one time. I was in labor for three days with Isla before I had to have an emergency C-section. <sighs> he didn't hold my hand or rub my back or my shoulders one single time the whole time we were in the hospital.
0: That sounds like my first husband. Oof.
1: Yeah, he sat on his computer the whole time. My best friend like wanted to murder him.
0: That was like, mine. My ex was reading a book, and my epidural yeah. fell out, and I'm on pitocin, and panting. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Pay attention I and help like, me through this, this one. But the thing is. Because you do probably, think it's normal. Yeah, because I don't know anything different, right. you know? Exactly. So he, I'm sure he was just on there talking to his girlfriend. Like, I think that's what actually was going on.
0: Yeah, but you're thinking he's working hard. I can't. Yeah.
1: Right. And why is this taking so long? And I'm, I'm, I feel guilty because I'm the one who, like, can't squeeze this baby out mm. and, like, you know, all this horrible stuff. Yeah. I've read the text and I just knew it was like, okay, this all makes sense. Now. And here was the proof that you needed. And
0: I mean, I, but I was also in complete shock. Well, yeah. Because so, you didn't think he was the cheating type. Did you scroll through any more or did you just
1: shut it and no, no, he came like running into the room and he saw my face and I was like, how long? Oh. like how long and his reaction was i don't know like a year and i was like so before i got pregnant with isla like or right when i got pregnant i gotten pregnant with her in august of
0: 2018
1: mm. and he's like no like i mean like this year like january but it didn't make sense because i was feeling like things were weird before thanksgiving of 2018 he like we he picked a fight with me and left the house and stayed at a hotel
0: oh that sounds familiar when his
1: whole family was staying at our house for thanksgiving he did that in front of his whole family it was really weird um and so he tries to act like he wasn't doing it then but i'm like i don't believe you and then it just the story gets even crazier from there i just don't want to go into all of it but sure um a lot of really bad, sad things happened like over the next
0: month and a half, basically.
1: Did you decide,
0: sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. Go ahead. Did you decide in that moment, I'm done? Mm -mm. That's the thing, right. That's why I wanted to ask you because the first time I wanted to get divorced with my first husband, I was, I don't remember if I've shared this on the podcast, but I was six months pregnant and he had been on a trip to see a single friend in Arizona came back and let it slide that he'd been to a strip club. And I was like, I didn't even know you were a strip club type. And you know, you've got your belly and everything. And I'm like, "Um, do you know how that makes me feel? Do you know? You know? And he's like, then he lets it slide. Well, he, he's the one who ordered the lap dance and he, and my brain just exploded. And I remember thinking, I want to divorce him. I want to be done. I, he doesn't respect me. And fast forward, 15, you know, 14 years, three kids, four kids later. And I stayed right. So you, so you have this baby, you see this and you're thinking what you're thinking, we need to work through this. Tell me what you're thinking and Mm -hmm. go through this because I want listeners who have been through a split who might either blame themselves because they pulled the trigger too early or thought I'm such an idiot. I stayed so long. I want them to hear this part of your story so that we can show them, you know, the ending. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think this is really important. So I'm a child of two divorces. My mom and dad got divorced when I was three and I didn't grow up with my dad. I grew up seeing my dad twice a year. And then my mom married my ex stepdad had my little brother and she divorced him too. Mm. Um, so I was the kind of person I was never getting divorced. I'm never getting divorced. I don't believe in divorce. Yes, Divorce is a horrible thing. Um, and so I, that's why I made I didn't marry him until seven years after we started dating because I was like, I want to make sure I can do this forever. Yeah. Because I'm not getting divorced. And I thought he was the same from all the things that he had said. Um, whatever. And no, in my head, I was like, we have to work through this because we have a four month old and I and we have five more babies waiting to have.
0: yeah. Right? These are
1: embryos. These aren't just frozen, That's eggs. True. frozen embryos.
0: That's right. So in your brain, you really have six kids with this man.
1: Yes. I
0: hadn't thought about that. Yeah.
1: And But I'm like, okay, we need to go to marriage counseling. But I also told the counselor and I tell everybody this because it's exactly how I felt. I mean, he knew, I said, the only way I will ever divorce you is if you cheat on me or if you hit me. You know, like those are two things I will not tolerate. Yeah. And, but even the cheating, I was, I said, I'm willing to be heartbroken and be miserable inside for the rest of my life to have my kids like, and you won't make me happy. It will break my heart every time I look at you. Yes. But my kids like Isla will have her brothers and sisters and it is the kids that will make my life happy. And, yeah. you know, I'll just put on this fake face for the rest of my life. Like, maybe I'll learn to forgive you, but I'm sure as hell never forgetting all right. of this shit. Right. It wasn't even just an affair. It was a, a lot worse than that. The way the affair happened and all that stuff. And and the more that came out, the more it hurt and just crumbled, showed me that he just was the total opposite person than what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I told the therapist, like, you know, we went, I was like, we need to go to marriage counseling, like immediately. And he was like, the more people you tell, the less likely it is. We're going to stay together. Like I didn't tell anybody.
0: So he was so, worried about his image.
1: Well, and like, of course his image, but also if I actually talk to people about it, who care about me, they'd be like, get out.
0: Gotcha. You yeah. know?
1: And so it's crazy that we did go to the therapist and a christian therapist i'm christian and i thought he was too he still says he is but he was lying to that guy he was still lying to me about the girl you know he told me he was moving out here because it was over between her it wasn't he was just planning on reversing it like being out here more and then going back and seeing her sure um yeah but that was what was going through my head at first first instinct i have to make this work yeah you know i'm the maybe i didn't have sex enough or I, you know, whatever. Like I'm a, I've been a bitch wife. Like, yes. All the self-blame that, that we kids. do. Yep, Right. Yeah. And my daughter's four months old. Like I can't divorce her dad. Like I, that's a sacrifice as a mom, Casey, you're just going to have to be sad on the inside forever for your kids. Yeah. And, but then it was like, he wouldn't even let me do that. It got worse and worse and worse to the point where I literally was like, I can't put me or Isla through this.
0: Yeah. He this gave you no choice.
1: Yeah. yeah. You, you've given me zero choice. And I think he knows that now. Um, but yeah, it was like, I didn't even, it was like, you have to go.
0: Do you think that made yeah. you stronger in a way to go through it because you slowed the flow of cutting it off? So in a way, God was revealing to you. It's okay to step away. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I do. I think, you know, like I talk to people now and I'm like I I really think it had to get as bad as it did. Yeah. For me to be okay with being like I'm ending my marriage. You know, I like I think it had to be more than just the affair. I think it had to get as horrible as it did. Right. For me to be like, "Wow, it actually be really bad for my daughter if I stay in this,
0: mm.
1: you know, and yeah.
0: in a way that's a gift.
1: Yeah, it really is. And also, you know, I'm not like the bad guy in this scenario. It's like I, he did that to me and I still was trying to work through this. And it right. just was like, I don't really think anybody knows except for my boyfriend now, all of the details. Sure, I really don't, you know, and maybe one day, like I will tell the full story, but I do think that it was a God thing, letting things come out slowly. Right. Cause also you're in complete freaking shock and you have a newborn to take oh, care of. So it's like, yeah. how much can one person <laughs> take yeah. at one time? Um, but yeah, it just made me feel like, okay, I, I'm totally validated in ending this and not putting myself through this
0: torture. Right. 100%. Right. So what would you say got you through after you decided to divorce him? You know, you're at least around your support system. What would you say within you or, you know, your thought process or whatever got you through some of the really hard times of whether it's, feeling betrayed or you know feeling like I failed or feeling like no one's ever gonna want me right because those are all the things I felt, right all mm-hmm. having two divorces, it was I went through the same things. I didn't have sex enough, I didn't do this, I wasn't pretty enough, you know and then you you tend to do okay and then you dip a little bit. So what would you say got you through some of that hard stuff and helped you take those steps to move into a better place to where you could meet? your now partner.
1: Yeah. So I would say, you know, my ex definitely always gave me a complex about getting older, even though he was 11 years older than me, it was always (laughs) like getting older for women is like terrible, you know, and your beauty leaves you and blah, blah, blah. And I never, you know, had any insecurities. I've I've always had a a lot of friends. I've always gotten along with people. I've always had good men in my life, you know? And he somehow over the 13 years, like brainwashed me into thinking that like, then, yeah, you're in your thirties now and you can't have kids and blah. And I was just like, okay, number one, I'm not going to let you, you lying cheat. Yeah. Try to like tear me down. I don't know. I think in myself, I just, I have faith in myself, but also I have faith in God. And so what really got me through it was praying and just being like, and my daughter really she did. It's like, I finally have this amazing little baby who I had killed myself to have for years. And she's here. Like, she's a real thing now. You know, I cannot fall apart. Like I don't have the luxury Of doing that. And, you know, I like, I have to keep it together. In my younger days, I would have just drank three bottles of wine, you know, and FaceTimed my friends all night. But it's like, yeah, I did not drink at all. I was like, you have to have a clear head through all of this. And it's like, I didn't even want to. Honestly, I was so mentally and emotionally exhausted. Like, that was the last thing on my mind, which in my younger years, that would have been the first thing on my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just prayed and I, I talked to people who I really trusted, right? Like I talked to my dad and my two best friends pretty much. Mm. And my mom, I talked to my mom some, um, but just being like, am I crazy? You know, or telling them. And also my friends were around. So they were seeing the things that were happening and they knew they were like, this isn't gonna work like they could see the writing was on the wall and I just was still like, Oh, my family can still work out, you know? And they were like, it's just gonna, there's no way. No, but and- I think
0: I think that's a beautiful point though, because everyone can tell you pull them me, you know? And I was mm-hmm. the same way as you in my first marriage. I was like, I would you know, you hit me or you cheat on me. Same thing. You're gone. Figured out he was cheating. And then you know, same thing. Like, you know, I've got these four kids and, you know, I'll, I'll try to forgive and, you know, maybe we'll try to fall in love again someday. And I would pray to heavenly father and say, just tell me when I've tried enough. I'll keep trying. Just tell me when I've tried enough to let go. And I very strongly had that feeling the night I decided I want a divorce, you know? And so I know exactly, and everyone, you know, my close friends. Cause just like you, I didn't share it with everybody. Yeah, They were like, you should be done. You should, you know, he keeps seeing her. He keeps this, he keeps that. And until you're ready, I, because you have to live with yourself on the other side, because you're breaking apart a part of family, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't your choice. Right. But yeah. you're making the final choice and you have to be okay with knowing I was ready to be done. And I love Thank that, you. that that you gave that. And, and I think that's something that my listeners, you know, need to hear that it's okay. If it took you three months, five months, a year to figure it out, don't feel guilty about it because you put yourself first and you ended the marriage, you know, or you put yourself first and chose self-respect, even though, you know, he left you same thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing is too, I don't look at it as I ended the marriage. I look at it like he did. I feel like he ended it as soon as he decided to cheat on me.
0: Yeah. I love that because see, I see it as I ended it, but I see that from a place of power. He chose to cheat, but then I chose, wait, I'm taking my power back. Yeah. I'm not going to appease you anymore and go through that. So I see it. And, and here's why I see it that way. Because at first I, I was like, I'm a victim. He, you know, did this to me and how dare mm-hmm. he, and, and everybody should f- go through that mourning process. And you are a victim. You, you know, had your life robbed from you, but then I realized, wait a minute, I can choose, you know, to figure it out. So I love, but I love how you see it that way. And it's a, we're, and we're both right. Like, yeah. you know, we're both not wrong. I love that. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. No, yeah, and yeah. I totally get it We're I, I like how you just explained that because it makes sense. You know, I, yeah. I guess I feel like either way, um, legally I ended it, you yes. know, but in all the other ways, I feel like when he decided to do that, that's when it ended really, you know? Hell yeah.
0: Um, so yeah. So tell me now, now you, you had mentioned you went on and had another baby. Mm-hmm. So paint a little bit. You don't have to go into too many details. Cause I know it's still new and fresh and awesome and wonderful. I love the smile on her face. If, yeah, <laughs> If you guys can see this through podcast lens, she's got a huge smile on her face, which I love. This is the part, this, this is the part of the part. podcast that I love because it shows how we stand up and we're strong and, you know, we get through the other side. So tell me yeah. how that led you to your man now. So
1: what is crazy? Smile, you're like blushing. I love it. I know. So (laughs) Tyler, him and I actually met in college when we were 18, and had a little thing. He he was like the first guy I saw when I walked into English class, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's the hottest thing I've ever seen!" Right? (laughs) But I'm 18.
0: Right? Everybody's hot.
1: Yeah. And it's my first day at college, you know. And so we like had our little thing. It didn't end up working out for, you know, some silly reason. Sure. And we still remained friends, you know, but then halfway through sophomore year, I left and I moved to California. Right. And, you know, we still stayed friends on Facebook, even though he's never on Facebook. So I'd like wish him happy birthday every, you know, year for the next five years or something. And then it just kind of faded. You know, I got married and I wasn't going to be unfaithful to my husband. Like I just that's not what I do. Right. I'm not going to reach out and talk to ex-boyfriends.
0: Yeah. You know smart what I choice. Mean? Everyone out and, there, smart choice. <laughs> and, I'll play with fire. Um,
1: but he was always this, this person in my head, right? Like he'd always kind of pop up in my head and I'd be like, I wonder how Tyler's doing and I hope he's doing good, you know? And, and we just had a really strong chemistry, really strong. Um, but I was also like, whatever, we were kids, you know, right. But I also was like, well, if anything ever happens in my marriage, meaning if my husband ever dies, because like I said, I thought I wasn't never getting divorced, right? Period, right? I was like, I, maybe I'll just reach out to Tyler and see how he's doing.
0: Now had he married or anything?
1: No. Okay. And how he convenient. And I, yeah. So we how
0: convenient. <laughs> we're both,
1: you know, 35. And now this was, we were like 33, almost 34 when all this this was going down. So he had like gotten off of Facebook, gotten off of messenger. All his friends are married with kids. He never married. He never found the right person. Mm -hmm. And he tells me he was talking to his best friend, Sam, and was just like, you know, I want like a family and all of that. I just don't see it happening for me. And his best friend was like, well, First things first, like why don't you just join like the world again? Like yeah. just get back on Facebook or get back on Messenger. Yeah. Um and I had messaged him on Facebook Messenger and just was like, "Hey buddy, how you doing?" And he had been off of it for like 2 years. Wow. When he turned it on, Mine was like the second or third message, like in his inbox.
0: Nobody messaged like, him because he's been out so long.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he was like, What? And so come to find we started talking. Yeah. And just on the phone, you know, he was in Virginia. I was in North Carolina. I told him everything that was went going down. On. Yeah. Because you know, he had seen me on Facebook and you know, I was traveling the world. Like we used to travel all over for my ex-husband's work and blah 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 you know and he said I always was just like damn her husband's super lucky like he Aww. just always I know and um we just were talking and we were really just like reconnecting as friends like he was always just a really nice guy but it's like I always I remembered the connection being really strong you know
0: and which ain't a bad thing no
1: <laughs> it's not and we was we just you know it was like no time had passed. You was so easy to talk to. And we're so alike. And it's like, I didn't remember that really from college. We were so young and stupid and just were partying and whatever. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this was like a real, real conversation, like real feelings and emotions and just realness, you know? And so we ended up visiting with each other a few times and, and it was just, Amazing, but I told him the first time we saw each other, you know, because we were talking and he was saying how he wants kids and blah blah blah. And I was like, Well, I have these
0: issues, dude.
1: Yeah, I was like, The first time we saw each other, I was like, You know, I was crying because it's something I'm very insecure about,
0: or I was, you know, well, yeah, and especially after how the doctor acted. That doesn't, you know, yeah. help. well, the and doesn't
1: mean like, These are the only babies you'll ever be able
0: to have, like, true, yeah, that's and I believed you. it.
1: So I told him everything about the infertility and I was like and you know IVF I was like I don't really want to do that again it's like $30,000 and I don't have any money anymore by the way all of that <laughs> I'm not traveling through. the world now <laughs> Yeah Then and I went to strollers <laughs> Yeah And, and I was like, but I just want you to know, because if that's a deal breaker, like I 100% understand it it would be a deal breaker for me. He hadn't had his own kids. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. And he was like, okay. And you know, he like thought about it and he was like, I'm totally fine with it. Just being you and I love for the rest of my life. He's like, but I am going to get you pregnant.
0: Oh, I (laughs) love it. He's like challenge it. Yep. And (laughs) That's all it takes very is confidence. After he did,
1: <laughs> I freaking love that. Yeah, That's so awesome. And you know, and it's just been—it's very—it's a very different relationship than my last one. I, I think there's a there's a huge difference with the age. Yeah. You know, I was so used to being kind of put in my place, or like I I don't know as much, or I don't have as much experience. You know, and whereas now I feel like we're just even like we're on even ground and we know everything that the other one is talking about. We grew up at the same time in the same place. Pretty much. We grew up like 30 minutes away from each other. We just didn't meet till we got to college.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. But. You know, it's just, I laugh like every day. That's so
0: important. I love that too. Laughter is important to me in my relationship.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. And then we got pregnant and with this baby boy. And so now we have Tyson. He's actually going to be a year old on the 28th of this month.
0: Oh, I love it. So now Isla's how old two and a half.
1: She will be three on May 4th.
0: Yeah. So it was actually right around
1: her first birthday that I got pregnant with Tyson, which is crazy because I have a calendar, right. And I had all these dates of when I was going to implant all of my embryos. And then when they would be due. And so I had planned on implanting embryo number two right around Isla's birthday. And I had the due date. Shut up. For February 4th. And when I went to my first ultrasound, Tyson's due date was February 4th. Shut up. I know. I like. I just got this, the I total chills, like total chills, right? Yes. Totally. So it's like baby number two was always coming. I just didn't know in what way, you know. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Like, and now for the first time in my life, I'm like, we have to be careful because like I can't get (laughs) pregnant again. You (laughs) know, I can't right now, that's for sure. Like, maybe at some point, but I I back off handle another one. Yeah, this is too much. And
0: he's like, Did you ever think you'd be like scared to get pregnant? I was like, What a good problem to have. I love it. (laughs) It's so good. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So now you guys are happy and you've got your two and hopefully God will bless you with so many more. I love it. That's so awesome. I do want to point out one thing. I'm going to point this out to my listeners. Um, you made the first move, didn't you? You reached out on Facebook. I did.
1: Yeah. I wanted to have any idea what was going on with me. And I knew I needed someone to talk to about it too. Who wasn't in it. Right. I love my friends, but they were in it with me and they were like, screw him, screw him, screw him. Yeah, you know? And my family was very wishy-washy. Like, I don't know. It was weird. Like I needed someone who I trusted,
0: but was safe. Yeah. A little less marinated in the shit. Yes. That makes total sense to kind of have a fresh perspective.
1: And I like that he knew me before I met my husband, because I think that a lot of I changed a little bit.
0: Yes. And we know? tend to, with men like this, we tend yeah. to morph ourselves a little to fit what they want us to be.
1: It's like, I love that he knew the Casey for like who the real Casey was, you know?
0: Yeah. So make this note ladies happened to me. <laughs> Casey made the first move. I did. I so, sent the Facebook uh, message. <laughs> I know I'm going to say this a million times because. Lots of women are, especially my age. You know, I'm 51. Oh, I just turned 51. I'm old school, and I'm like, I like <laughs> when birthday. he texts me first. Thank you. I like <laughs> when he texts me first. I want him. You know, if I'm on an app, on um, Bumble, you have to do it yourself. You have to message them first. You wouldn't oh. know this, you lucky girl. <laughs> but on some of the other apps, it's like, well, he matched with me, so I want him to. You know, and it's, it's like, I heard this once from um a dating person that I follow and he said create your life don't wait for your life and I love that yeah, because yeah. you created it right you reached out and so I wanted to make a note of that that you know look at her story and look at her success in love and babies and everything and it's all because she had the guts to reach out
1: yeah i know it's crazy i mean don't get me wrong he definitely reciprocated you know it was well, there sure. was no game playing Involved, like we yeah. both made it very clear how we were feeling. It each was mature step along the way. Yeah. It was. And it was just like, because we don't have time for this. Like, no, we got a one-year-old now. <laughs> yeah, I haven't is kid. this going somewhere? <laughs> I'm a divorced lady with a kid. Like, yeah. we we gotta either shit or get off the pot. It's you true. Know? It's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's such a great story. And I love I it's my favorite thing, which is why I started the podcast is to see women overcome so much and it makes me so happy to hear it. Have you named your podcast yet? Do you have a name for it? Yes. It's okay. Called, so what's the name of it going to be? It's God bless our hot mess. Oh, I love that. God I know. Bless and what's so
1: crazy is like, I named this way before any of our group or anything. And I feel like Kathy uses hot mess all the time. And I'm like, now everyone's going to be like, Oh, she. Did that because yeah. of that, and I'm like, I should have freaking at least done the trailer and like got it up there. But still, here we are. I haven't even done my trailer yet, but it'll oh, be coming. It's soon, all good.
0: Hopefully. It's all <laughs> good. And when she says Kathy, she's referring to Kathy Heller, who we love. We'll shout out to her.
1: Yeah, uh, we're in a
0: podcasting groove together, and we love Kathy. And she does say "hot mess" a lot, but it's a it's a good one, right? Like it's a good phrase that is universally used. So yes, and I
1: wanted like God bless in there because I seriously do believe that all of my praying and just kind of sitting in where I was is like what got me through it. And so I'm hoping too, that like through my podcast and going on podcasts like this and us being able to like talk about it and people being able to hear it and just know like, okay, I can get through this too. Like, I just want it to bless people in a way where they feel like hope and you know, cause there's sometimes times when it's just so bad, you think you're not getting out of it. Oh. Like you think like, this is the end of my
0: life. Like I, as we know it. I hear you. There are nights it's, it's going to make me tear up. There are nights like, so I grew up, I live in an LDS community. Um, Mormons is, you know, how people refer to them. And um, I'm not, I would say I'm more Christian and more spiritual than I am like a strict Mormon per se, but I would pray at night especially going through the two divorces and you can relate to this have with postpartum hormones, new baby, you're nursing, you know, you're doing all the late nights and I would just pray to God. I would just like, just hold me tonight. Cause I can't do this. Like there yeah. were days, especially from my second, my first, I had much more strength, but my second facing this whole new script that God just hocked onto my table and said, new movie, change <laughs> change yeah. the scenes you know try this out <laughs> and and i believe the same thing you know um i leaned on god a lot to help me through it and i love that message because i i think sometimes i would forget oh wait i have him to lean on like mm-hmm. because my practice of my religion isn't so devout or isn't like so regular in my life i would i'd be like lori you know like what do they say um when you can't walk hit on hit your knees or something like that you know and mm-hmm. that's that's something that I love that too. He really helped me through a lot. So I love that. And your message is beautiful. God bless our hot mess. I yeah. love it. It's beautiful. <laughs> so um, we'll put, we'll put Casey's podcast in our show notes. It won't be up yet. Cause she said she hasn't launched her trailer, but we'll put it up when it goes up. So if you are hearing this later than we published, then you'll find it down there. If not, keep watching. Her story's great. I thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's so great it's to so talk fun. to you. Okay. I know. <laughs> All right. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining the Single and Strong podcast. We'll see you next week. Okay, Mama. So, are you ready to live your life in a big way? Because I'm absolutely ready to help you. Start by subscribing or following the Single and Strong podcast by clicking on the plus sign in Apple or the subscribe button in Spotify. To be sure you're notified about all of my new episodes as they release i've got lots of great content coming up and you don't want to miss it also if you love this episode please share it with friends that you think should hear it and of course leave me a review these reviews help the podcast be shown to more people when they're searching for single support so please share the love i'd be super grateful and finally go follow me on social media at Linford. And join our facebook group single and strong you can find a link by going to my website slash facebook group until then stay strong mama